As of yesterday afternoon, Sharon Moore has assembled Michigan's offensive staff and special teams staff for the 2024 football season. We are still waiting on who will be Michigan's next linebackers coach, replacing Chris Partridge and interim linebackers coach Rick Minter, and we're still waiting for the new defensive coordinator hiring to replace Jesse Minter, who followed Jim Harbaugh to the Los Angeles Chargers. But quarterbacks coach Kurt Campbell, who was an analyst at Michigan in 2022, the QB coach replacing Matt Weiss in 2023, he's been promoted to offensive coordinator and has still retained the role as quarterbacks coach. While Kurt Campbell was not my favorite candidate for the offensive coordinator position, he did a good job developing J.J. McCarthy and building a strong Michigan quarterback room this past season. We've seen development in Alex Orgy, Jaden Denegal. I think he did a good job with Jack Tuttle and making him into a serviceable backup. And he has play-calling experience. So while I think that there may have been a better move just from my personal play style, I trust Sharon Moore and I also trust Kurt Campbell because these coaches just know so much more than... I ever will, and McCarthy developed so well last season, better passer, better decision maker, and that all has to be attributed to not just McCarthy and his hard work, but also Kurt Campbell, who was his mentor and coach for last season. On the offensive line, Grant Newsom, who has developed tight ends Colston Loveland, A.J. Barner, Eric All, Luke Schoonmaker, Newsom has been promoted to be the next offensive line coach, which typically, whether it's offensive line coach, wide receivers coach, tight ends coach, they're all assistant positions below the level of offensive or defensive coordinator, obviously. But I think at Michigan, because of what Sharon Moore has done, I think that there's something special about being Michigan's offensive line coach. I think that Newsom being promoted from tight ends coach to offensive line coach is a promotion. It's not just a lateral move. I think that that is an upgrade for Newsom, and it shows how much Sharon Moore and the offensive staff trust Newsom to continue the development and discipline that Michigan's offensive line has showcased for the past three seasons. I'm excited to see what the offensive line does this season, and that's a position group that because of how much production is departing the program that I'll be watching very closely. And Steve Kasula, UMass's offensive coordinator from 2022 to 2023, who is an analyst on Michigan's staff from 2019 to 2021, he has been hired, brought in by Michigan, to be the next tight ends coach. And on special teams, just brief side note, J.B. Brown, who was one of Michigan's recruiters and an analyst, he's been promoted to special teams coordinator, replacing Jay Harbaugh. So the special teams staff and the offensive staff are complete. We are awaiting word on the defensive staff and when that will be assembled, but Sharon Moore and Michigan Athletics is working on that. Moore, in fact, announced that he hopes that the staff is totally intact by next week. So there will be a video on the defensive staff and the next defensive coordinator hire, but what I want to talk about today is Kurt Campbell and how much I think the offense will change, whether it's a lot, a little give a little background information on Kurt Campbell, and also talk about what he has in store for him with Michigan's roster entering 2024 and what Michigan's offensive staff can do 
to maximize Michigan's ability to win games. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Before we go any further into this video, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I give a reaction and analysis and give my thoughts on Michigan's defensive coordinator hire and defensive staff, which is exactly what I'm doing in this video, but for the offensive staff. There will be within a week a way-too-early Big Ten preview and prediction video. And it won't just be about the regular season or about wins and losses. There will be additional details. So I'll go all in and make sure to add extra stuff for you all because I know that you like that. So hit the notification bell if you want to see that and any other Michigan football, Big Ten football, or college football content. Please comment your thoughts down below. What's your reaction to Kurt Campbell being hired as Michigan's offensive coordinator? What are your thoughts on how Sharon Moore has been handling Michigan staff? There's been a lot of internal promotions and internal movement, not many external hires. Let me know what you think about that. And lastly, if you want to support the channel, please check out my Patreon page and subscribe as a paid member as an All-American, All-Conference, or Heisman patron. And you can support the channel, and your name will be featured at the end of the video, where I will give you a special shout-out. But let's get back to the topic on hand. I've summed it up in the cover art of this video. Sharon Moore, as offensive coordinator, smash-mouth football, heavily leaned run, and at times had a habit of turtling, but not in a... When I say turtling or on the screen conservative, I'm not meaning that in a completely negative light. There are times to be conservative, there are times to turtle, and there are times to be aggressive and to pull out all the tools of the Swiss Army knife and throw it at your opponent. There's a time and place for everything. And Sharon Moore's style of football, I would argue, helped win Michigan their 15 games and helped Michigan win the national championship. And at peak performance, Sharon Moore's offense looks like Michigan's run game two seasons ago and last season in the national championship game against Washington, where Michigan controls the game with a strong defense. That offensive style is almost unstoppable as the defense gives you multiple attempts to try and bully opponents on the ground. Eventually it works. And you get a lot of action, I think, with Michigan and Sharon Moore's offense with tight ends, with play action. Again, all of that being centered around the run, even bringing in extra offensive linemen to serve as extra protection for J.J. McCarthy in the case of last year's offense, or insert any quarterback if you just want to talk about the style, or to help the ground game. Kurt Campbell's offense, I think, is more quarterback-friendly. It leans more pass, and I do think, in the sense of a passing offense, it is more aggressive, more balanced. And I think the two games where you can see that are at the beginning of the season, where Kurt Campbell was the offensive coordinator against East Carolina, because Sharon Moore was suspended for one game, the East Carolina game, along with Jim Harbaugh, who was suspended for two additional games. One against East Carolina, but then the two additional games were against UNLV and Bowling Green, where Harbaugh was suspended. But when Moore was suspended, Kurt Campbell took over offensive coordinator duties, and 
McCarthy and Davis Warren combined for 26 completions, 31 attempts, 280 yards, and three passing touchdowns. Michigan ran the ball 31 times for 122 yards and averaged 3.9 yards per carry and had one rushing touchdown. The passing offense looked so much better in that game than the rushing offense did, and the offensive line looked far better and better prepared to protect the quarterback and to engage in pass protection rather than engage in run blocking, where I thought that the unit struggled. Against East Carolina, Michigan was 0 of 1 on fourth down, but they were 6 of 10 on third down, and most of those third down conversions actually came through the air where J.J. McCarthy and Roman Wilson connected for a total of six completions, 78 yards, and three touchdowns. Again, looking at McCarthy and Roman Wilson. And then, not all games and not all performances are created equal. But look at Michigan's performance against Bowling Green just two games later. McCarthy had 13 passing attempts. Michigan had 31 carries. And they ran the ball more successfully. The offensive line and ground game wasn't more dominant. But the passing offense was a lot of play action. And it was, in a certain sense, repetitive. And it was trying to... Sharon Moore's passing offense overall, I'd say, play action and at times wanting to hit the deep ball, can come across as more aggressive. But chewing clock and running the ball often seems to be Sharon Moore's calling card, and I think that opening up the offense, which is what Kirk Campbell does, makes makes his offense overall more aggressive. But McCarthy several times tried to fit in the ball when his receivers were covered, he wasn't very accurate. Again, not all performances are created equal, but I think that the offense will be different, is what I'm trying to say, entering next season. And that's even with the fact, and we'll get into this in a few minutes, that Michigan is losing quite a bit of production on the offensive side of the ball. They're losing most of their offensive line starters. They're losing all of their starting wide receivers, Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson. Losing one of their starting tight ends, A.J. Barner, Blake Corum is gone, and J.J. McCarthy is gone. But let's talk about Kirk Campbell for a few minutes before we dive into what Kirk Campbell and the staff have on offense. Campbell's been on Michigan staff since 2022 and previously served as an analyst and then quarterbacks coach for the Wolverines. Analyst in 22, quarterbacks coach in 23, he was promoted to that after co-offensive coordinator and QB coach Matt Weiss was fired for unknown reasons that are still unknown to this day. Campbell was a huge reason why McCarthy took steps forward in 2023 and why the passing attack improved. Michigan's passing offense in 2021 and 2022, frankly, at times looked like a joke. There were times in 2022 where it looked like a lethal passing unit, but that was mostly based off of play action and a good offensive line not based off of an accurate quarterback or amazing receivers. It was more based off of schematic matchups. Take the 2022 Ohio State-Michigan game, for example. Those deep shots were wide open. It, it was a schematic edge that Michigan had. Michigan was coaching circles around Jim Knowles in that defense, particularly in the passing game. I thought Knowles and Ohio State for about three quarters in that game did a pretty darn good job of stopping the run. But then in 2023, this last season, J.J. McCarthy passed for nearly 3,000 yards. He averaged around 
nine yards per attempt, 22 passing touchdowns, four interceptions. He had a 167.4 passer rating and 88.2 QBR, and he completed 72.3% of his passes. In fact, McCarthy averaged less passing attempts per game than in 2022. But with such a high completion percentage and having a better receiver room, I think, in 2023 than in 2022 with Roman Wilson taking a big step forward and having a breakout year, Cornelius Johnson being consistent, and Michigan's tight end room was just nuts this season. It was one of the best in the country. That meant that Michigan just had a much more efficient passing offense. They could do more with less in the passing game with a much-improved J.J. McCarthy, and Kirk Campbell was a big part of that. He has play-calling experience, being the offensive coordinator at Old Dominion in 2021. Technically, he was hired to be their OC in 2020, but they didn't play that season. They're one of the few FBS teams that totally canceled their 2020 season. I think that his hiring will improve quarterback recruiting and because of his play-calling experience and his contribution to Michigan's success by developing McCarthy, I do think that this is a good hire. I do want to mention that I would have preferred other candidates, whether it's Brennan Marion, whether it's Isaac Newland, whether it's a dream in hiring Will Stein from Oregon, which was never going to happen. I like ground-and-pound Offenses. I do actually prefer Sharon Moore's style of football, and I think at this moment in particular, it fits Michigan better than Kirk Campbell's style of football. But that's personally just me. And I trust Kirk Campbell, and I trust Sharon Moore. Whether it's Ryan Day, whether it's formerly Jim Harbaugh, currently Sharon Moore, whether it's James Franklin, Luke Fickle, whether it's Matt Rule, Kirk Ferentz, P.J. Fleck, Greg Schiano, you name any coach in the Big Ten, Power Five, Group of Five, they all know, you could go even lower, FCS, they all know so much more about the game and what fits in their system and culture and what they want than I do. And we'll just have to wait and see, really. that That's a big part of this Michigan team entering 2024 is waiting and seeing. Because Michigan lost so much, both in the coaching staff and on the field, that there's a very reasonable expectation they could take a massive, and I mean massive, step back. Like having their worst season since 2020. Or if you don't count the COVID year, having a 2019-2017 type season where Michigan doesn't even reach double-digit wins by consequence of missing the college football playoff, the 12-team playoff. But because... Michigan still maintained a good chunk of their staff, both on offense and on defense. Michigan will probably use the transfer portal more in its second cycle. They've been recruiting and developing particularly well, and they had, listen, a variety of succession succession plans in place. That's why Moore was promoted with within less than a week after Jim Harbaugh departed. That's why Kirk Campbell was quickly elevated. That's why, despite the fact that Ben Herbert departed the program, which I think was the biggest loss so far, Justin Tress, his right-hand man, was instantly promoted to be a strength and conditioning coach, the head strength and conditioning coach. There is a chance that Michigan, despite losing as much as they do, they take a step back, 
but they mostly pick up from where they left off, and it's just between Michigan and Ohio State and Oregon and maybe Penn State and maybe some other schools in terms of competing for the the top of the Big Ten, but maybe Michigan does stay in that top tier, or maybe they completely fall off and they lose four games with what will be a very tough 2024 schedule. So we'll have to see. And that goes for the offense, that goes for the whole team, but today I just want to focus on the offense. Is this going to be a totally new offense? Well, I don't think necessarily, but I do think that there will be new components, new play calls, and the starting lineup will look totally foreign if you only pay attention to starters. Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson are gone at wide receiver. On the offensive line, Ladarius Henderson, Trevor Keegan, Drake Nugent, Zach Zinner, Carson Barnhart, and Trente Jones are gone. So six offensive linemen depart the program. Miles Hinton returned, which I think was huge. He does provide some experience, and I, along with Josh Preby coming in from the portal, I think Michigan's offensive line could still be really good next season, but that's a huge loss. A.J. Barner departs the program at tight end, and J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum depart the program at quarterback and running back, respectively. That right there, that's a ton of production gone. Colston Loveland is the only, not even kidding, the only returning starter. Michigan only has one returning starter, tight end Colston Loveland, a true sophomore. Only one returning starter on offense. He will be the only familiar starting face. Now, Miles Hinton was involved in the starting rotation. Tyler Morris and Samaj Morgan and Frederick Moore and Carmelo English. Morris being a true sophomore, but um, Moore, English, and Morgan being true freshmen. They were all involved in the lineup at multiple different times. Same with running back Donovan Edwards and also running back Kolo Mullings when healthy. So there will be some familiarity. But the starting lineup is going to look radically different, and I think as a result of the loss of production and of starting experience and the changing of the guard and some coaching staff positions, there will be changes, and there also will be a drop-off in offensive performance. I think that Michigan needs to use the transfer portal at a variety of different positions on offense. The good news about all of this movement is that Sharon Moore is going to be a full-time CEO. I don't think he's going to be a play caller. Now, that doesn't mean he won't be involved in play calling or that he'll never take over in play calling, because I think there are moments where sometimes, well, sometimes being a leader means that you have to step into a position that is below your standard position to fill in when something goes wrong. It's like a business owner stepping in and stocking shelves when he doesn't have enough employees for the night shift or the day shift. You have to go out of your way at times. And I think any head coach with play-calling experience should be prepared to do so. And, of course, all head coaches in theory have play-calling experience, but what I mean by that is, like, if you're Ryan Day or if you're Sharon Moore or Dan Lanning, like, you have a recent play-calling experience and you're up-to-date. I'm not talking about someone like James Franklin who intervenes on offense despite the fact that he hasn't called plays in, like, a decade. And yet, for whatever reason, he still involves himself there. But tying in the example with Ryan Day, 
I think that Ryan Day is a really good play caller and a really good head coach. But those things come into conflict with each other. So Ryan Day at the end of the day, no pun intended, has to choose being a CEO over a play caller and delegate that responsibility. That doesn't mean he can't take over for Bill O'Brien if Bill O'Brien is doing Bill O'Brien things and calling screen passes and wrecking the offense with his play calling. Really didn't like the Bill O'Brien hire, by the way. But that means he has to he, he can't be doing that all the time because he has to focus on the whole team. And that's what I like about Kurt Campbell being the play caller is Kurt Campbell and Sharon Moore are familiar. So in a certain sense, promoting from within here with a proven play caller like Campbell, it allows more a greater level of initial trust to be built. So Campbell can just immediately from the get-go be calling plays the minute Michigan kicks off in 2024. There will be familiar features like I've already expressed, but I do think Campbell will want to pass the ball more. And I know Donovan Edwards comes back, and same with Kalel Mullings, but Michigan loses, they lose so many starters that in a certain way, Michigan's offense could start fresh. Maybe the offense is going to be even more different and foreign than I expect it to be compared to the previous three Michigan seasons. Grant Newsom, as I've mentioned earlier, is Michigan's new O-line coach, and Steve Kasula is the new tight ends coach. I'm curious to see how they will do in their respective roles. With Colston Loveland returning at tight end, I do expect that room to function rather well next season. The offensive line will be interesting because having six players, five starters, depart from that position means that we are going to see immediately you're going to see starters who have had a full preseason of development from their new coach immediately all of the all of the starters are going to have a year of training under Newsom and their only starting experience will be under Newsom as their offensive line coach so that will be fascinating to see if he succeeds if he fails in that role I think that Newsom's done a great job with the tight ends, and I expect him to do a good job with the offensive linemen. I think the staff needs to pursue players in the portal. They need to assess the depth chart, and there's just so much to be done on the offensive side of the ball for Michigan. I think that quarterback, wide receiver, and the offensive line need either depth in the case of quarterback or straight up they need starters from the portal at wide receiver in the offensive line. And maybe my assessment of the depth chart is off and incorrect, but that's what I see. I see that the wide receiver room has a lot of upside, but also a lot of youth, and having an experienced wide receiver or two could be very helpful, especially since I'm expecting Michigan to desire to pass the ball more. At offensive line, having more depth, would be great. Josh Preby is coming in from Northwestern, where he was a standout offensive lineman. But an additional offensive lineman from the portal, I think, would be phenomenal. And not running back. I think I think running back is set with Mullings and McCarthy. At quarterback is interesting because depth is important to provide competition. But then again, McCarthy was clearly better than Tuttle 
clearly better than Alex Orji and clearly better than Jaden Denegal. If Michigan wants to maintain success at quarterback, I think they're going to have to pursue quarterback from a position of wanting a starter from the portal, not just wanting extra competition. I'd say expect the offense to take steps back in 2024. I think that's a safe assumption. I think that the defense will be the better side of the ball compared to the offense next season. I think that Michigan's defense really does have a chance to reload and not take many steps back. The offense, however, they're losing so much. There's a big change of guard. And I just think that, particularly in the passing attack, I do think that Michigan Michigan's offense won't be as good as it was last season, as it was in 2022. And dare I say it, it might be a worse offense than the 2021 offense. And the 2021 offense at times was incredibly frustrating to watch. It was. It it was a good offense, a great offense, but it wasn't perfect. And having an inferior offense compared to the 2021 unit means you're back at the 2019, 2018 offenses just above, or 2016 offenses, which are offenses that will not win you playoff games They will not win you championships, Big Ten or particular national championships. But that's all I have to say in this video. That's my reaction to Michigan promoting Kurt Campbell and Grant Newsom to their respective positions and bringing in Steve Kasula and just looking over the offense in general. Thank you for watching. I want to give a shout out to Crash2488 and Justin Rogg for being Heisman Patreon members. I want to give a shout-out to Spencer Bringhurst and Armani Torres for being All-American patrons, and thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, Zubin Zah, and Junaisha Cockrell for being All-Conference patrons. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the channel, and have a great day. Bye-bye.